Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. And we're so excited to have on this Wednesday edition of the Joel Natale Show, reporters from Erie News Now. And so uh, we have with us Keelan Berrien. Hi, Keelan. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing well. All right. We've got Ethan Kibbe. Hey, Ethan. Good to see you, sir. Thank you for having us on. Elspeth Meisner. Hi, Elspeth. How are you? Good, Joel. How are you doing today? Terrific. Adam Snow. Good to see you, sir. Hello. Thanks for having us. And Lisa Adams. Hi, Lisa. Hello, old friend. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So uh, the the purpose of the program is to kind of get some uh, diverse, uh, I guess, you know, just just observations of what it's like to report in Erie, the Erie Beat. And we're going to get some diverse voices because we have folks that have been in the business quite a while and folks that are relatively new to the business. And uh, I want to get some origin stories. Now, we met Ethan a couple of years ago uh, back uh, uh, during the pandemic when we were kind of covering the the whole thing with um, who was doing the daily reporting of the pandemic, but I want to get some other stories here. Uh, Keelan, real quickly, um, you just where did you grow up and how'd you get to Erie? 30 seconds. Okay, so I grew up in a small town called Valdosta, Georgia, um, down on the border of Florida and Georgia, moved over to Atlanta and spent about three, four years there. And after there, I graduated college, reached out to Scott for a job, and he hired me. And here I am in Erie, Pennsylvania right now. <laughs> so this is your first full-time TV gig. Yes, sir. All righty. How about you, Elspeth? Uh, is this your first gig in television? It is. I'm uh, born and raised in Erie, so uh, it was really cool to be able to come back home to report. Where was um, high school for you? Uh, Mercier's Prep. We're, so, we're fellow Lakers. You realize that. There we go. <laughs> so I uh, went to school at Mercier's Prep, then uh, went down to right outside of Pittsburgh at St. Vincent College. And then I decided to come back home to Erie, and it was one of the best decisions I made that I, you know, get to talk about my community and my story, my hometown stories every day. Now, Adam, you've been around a while, but you haven't been on the show yet. Tell us how you came up. Oh, um, I'm from originally from Centerville, Pennsylvania, in Crawford County here. Um, then uh, went to the Art Institute of Pittsburgh. I uh, graduated from there, slept for two weeks to recover, and then made a couple phone calls, uh, and then... Uh, they said, can you come in and be a cameraman? And I said, absolutely. And just kind of worked my way up through, through the ranks and doing everything fun and got to the position that I'm in now. So. And Lisa, you got to remind us, undergrad was for you. Where, where did you go for undergrad again? I went to Grove City College for undergrad. Um, and uh, I came back home and I interviewed here and the, the other TV stations in here. There were more at the time. Um, but I got an opportunity here to start as, as a vacation relief director in the summer. And it was a really cool job because I got to see how a whole newscast came together day after day after day and really appreciate what the guys behind the scenes did as well as the people in front of the camera. And then, uh, I also had a teaching job. I got a last minute call from 
the Fort Luff School District, the principal there had gone to Grove City and he was desperate for a teacher because someone went on sabbatical without a lot of notice. He said, hey, I, I see you, you know, Grove City grad, you're up here, could you teach? So because my job here was only going to be part-time, I said, sure. So I spent a year teaching every day and then directing at night and directing on the weekend. So it was a pretty crazy year. But ultimately I had to decide uh, teaching or TV and it wasn't a hard choice for me because I feel like I get to teach every day because we get to go out, learn about stuff that's going on in the community, distill it down and present it. And that's exactly what teachers do too. So. And Lisa, high school for you was where? Harbor Creek High School. Harbor Creek. Okay, that's right. You're a Husky. Terrific. Okay, I so... I, I find it interesting because we kind of have this balance of of um, reporters that come into Erie. I mean, this is how the broadcast world is set up, where you have to get your start in a smaller market and then build your tape, build your resume, and move on up. But there are folks like like Lisa, like Adam, where um, you know what this is the this is the you know, this is where we stay. Uh, and most of the time, it's because folks are from here. Do you, uh, weigh in on this, Ethan, I want, because the idea of, you know, you're not that far away, and you've been here for a few years. How are you settling in? Uh, reasonably well. Erie is not my kind of town. And, and Joel, you were talking about, uh, you know, this is where people stay. Here at Erie News Now, we like to say that is this is home. Uh, but, uh, but, but, but it is, and, and you really do fit in. It's a, a blue collar, hardworking kind of city. And, uh, and that suits me just fine. So, you know, two and a half years in now, uh, you know, starting to feel certainly not an eerie and, and anyone would remind me of that if I tried to pretend that I were, but, uh, becoming a transplant. How's that? Elizabeth, I want you to talk about the concept of what a multimedia reporter is all about. Because back in the day when I was coming up, I wasn't allowed to touch the camera because that was something that the union cameraman had to do. So, of course, the, the rules had to change first off, but also it, it, you, it's more than just who does what equipment. It's all the different streams that you work. Tell that, talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I tell this to a lot of people. Uh, we're really like, you're really a one-man show. Uh, being able to uh, try and master it all by going out and uh, thinking of stories to pitch, then setting up your interviews with people, reaching out to be the best people to talk to, then you're getting your gear, your camera, your microphone, tripod, going out and interviewing whoever it is you're going to be interviewing for the day and then getting that video of the story that's going to best help tell your story. Then you're coming back and listening to that sound that you got and putting it together, putting your pieces together and writing it. Um, and then you're fronting it in the shows, you know, you're presenting it to the people and you get to see at the end of the day, what a whole day's work work is like. And that's something that I really love about this job is that you always finish the day with a sense of accomplishment. You always, always have something to show for it at the end of the day. Uh, uh, Keelan, talk about, you know, as far as how, you know, when you're trying to get the lay of the land, do you really rely on the elder statesman in the newsroom to kind of say, okay, here's this pronunciation, or here's where this location is, or here's the backstory on that building or on that project? Yes. So especially with me coming into the new area, um, it's a lot of things I didn't know about. So I'm constantly asking 
Adam, Lisa, um, Elspeth, even all kinds of questions. Like I'm constantly just uh, coming up to them like, hey, I'm sorry, but I need more information on this. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? Because if I did, if I didn't ask any questions, I would literally not know which way to go with my story. So I definitely uh, depend on the veteran reporters a lot because they help me out tremendously. Adam, I want you to weigh in on, um, you know, what are, how, how difficult of a story can you have? So when you're, when you're dividing up the newscast, right, it's super difficult to go really deep. You know, Lisa has the, the you know, the insider where, you know, the, the program where she's able to kind of have these deep conversations like I have here on the radio. But you've got, what, two and a half, three minutes, maybe four minutes on a package uh, no, no, I guess I'm way <laughs> off. Adam, tell me, tell me what I don't know, please. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, a whole story from the beginning and hopefully in two minutes. Two minutes. So that's the intro. Yeah, yeah. If everything goes well, you know, depending on the story. So there are some investigative pieces, like Ethan is done. It's like you have to get into it. You have to go longer. We have to get all the facts out there. Um, and with multiple shows, we can break that down over shows, too, and say we're going to tell you about this part of it. And then next half an hour, we're going to tell you about this part of it. So it's it's kind of like a, a series or, a, you know, the beginning, middle, and end of that movie. So you got to Do the, do the viewers get, get up irate with you, though? It's like, I really want to see the whole thing. Or can you can you package it together? How, how does that all work? Yeah, I, I don't, I you know, I'm in the newsroom pretty much all the time running around. And I don't get those phone calls. I don't hear those people complaining on that because... By the time we get through it, you know, we're going to post that online, too, and everything else. So if they want to know any more information, they can get to it and find maybe some deeper facts that we just we just can't get into right now um, and, and go watch other shows or other other parts of it that we posted online. So. Lisa, talk about that arc of how TV news has changed uh, as you've seen it from your from your perch, because, you know, uh, the Heil, you know, the Heil Richmonds and, and uh, it, you know, and some, some of the folks that would do these really, really intricate, you know, court stories and things. It, is there no more demand for that? Well, I definitely think there is, but we're, we're kind of in a weird place because uh, COVID-19 reset everything that we do, and it made us stay inside and do Zoom interviews uh, for a lot of the time. So thankfully we're getting uh, back out there. But when you talked earlier about, you know, starting in a small market or staying here, I, I have to say, I've watched this change from us shooting film to shooting, you know, video with huge cameras and big decks and big tapes uh, to getting smaller and smaller. And there were times, you know, you had a great story but you had no way to tell it until news time. So uh, what's so cool is I can take my phone and do a Facebook Live when something is breaking. You know, I could be at somebody's election headquarters. They're not coming to me right now because they're coming to somebody else or don't have a cutting for a little while. And I can break a story with my phone. And that's something we couldn't do before. You know, we kind of had to wait. The tricky part for me is when you've got a good scoop, and you have to do your Facebook Live, you know you're kind of giving it to the competition. You know, you sort of, the old mentality is wait until five o'clock, I'm gonna kill them with this story. And, you know, now there's really no reason to wait because people really want news all around the clock. So that's been a, a hard adjustment to make in, in my head, but 
these folks who shoot their own video, you know, they're, they're astounding to me what they do. To have the skill set, to have the eye to shoot the story and put the story together well, as well as be able to ask good questions and write the story, that's, that's like two jobs in, in one. But I will say, we've all worn a lot of hats here all the time. I mean, many of the reporters are reporters, anchors, producers. Uh, they're also, you know, working on special shows or programs and our sports departments all over the place, plus putting special shows together, doing special shows live. So I think we've all been sort of multimedia, multi-hat wearing people for a long time. And that's, I think, why people do like to work in a smaller market, because you don't get to be, I'm only the producer, I'm only the reporter, I'm only the morning person. Uh, you know, we do it all. To be, Absolutely. To be We're talking to reporters. Level. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Adam. Good. It'd be good to get to the level you want to be at. You wear all those hats. Yeah. So and it's a credit to the younger ones, and you know, just because I'm older, but to these across the table right here, how fast they got to that level. Like we have respect. You you you've earned it. You put together the pieces. I don't have to worry about them. They'll come to me when there's a problem. But you don't get that fast, except for a few that are really good, to be anchors to be those producers. And when you have all that stuff behind you, I mean, there's no telling where they can go or where they want to go in the future. Maybe, hopefully, just stay in the area. But, um, you know, it, it's up to them. So you have all that knowledge of, you know, shooting the video and editing. You know how long it takes. You know how hard people have to work to do it. So once they get that anchor chair full time, maybe, they know the respect of everybody else behind them to be got them there. That, that's for sure. We're talking to reporters from Erie News now here on the Joel Natale show. Uh, Ethan, you know, the media is under a lot of scrutiny re regarding worldview and political uh, leanings and so on. Where do you come on, uh, down on all that? Do you, get a, do you get a lot of people asking, well, you're just a liberal or you're just a, a right winger? Or, or, does, or is that not so much happening at local news like you're seeing it? I wish it weren't. Uh, a couple of days ago, I woke up, woke up to a Facebook message that uh, I'm disrespectful to the country because I repeated what doctors said that uh, unvaccinated people were slowing down our uh, recovery from the pandemic. But I guess that's uh, that's on me. And as such, I'm un-American, according to this fellow who uh, who messaged me. Um, so we are starting to see that here. And that's unfortunate and unpleasant. But you just do the best you can every day. You make sure that you're fair on your story. Just the facts, ma'am, right? Uh, Jack Webb style. Um, and you do it that way. And, and if you do that, then you, you live with it. If you know you've done a good job and you know you've reported the facts, 98% of people will respect you and a, and a couple whack jobs will get upset about it. Hey, at least it means they're watching. Elizabeth, I want to yeah. ask you, uh, go ahead, Lisa, sure. We have a lot of good conversations in, in the newsroom, and we have opinions ourselves, of course we do, but I think as Ethan said, the important thing is that you know how to check your own opinion and make sure that you're fair and balanced in, in your story. But uh, yeah, we take some pretty interesting phone calls sometimes, and I think really during the presidential election seasons, because there was so much attention here, we got a lot of that, and it's pretty funny, sometimes people assume you they're yelling at you for a position that you don't hold. <laughs> you know, they don't know the one that you do. So right. that's kind of interesting. Elizabeth, I wanted, uh, wanted to ask you about, you know, reporters are called to be, um, to do their job in some of the worst situations. You know, we just had, you know, we just had incredible uh, drug deal 
at an Airbnb with $30,000 worth of fentanyl. How do you keep your composure? How do you keep your heart when it's super tough in these super tough situations as a reporter? Uh, I think it's all about putting on your work hat when you're at work, um, which is easier said than done. But sometimes you just have to remind yourself that you're here to tell a story and just focus on that story. Uh, I know there's been, whether it's dealing with weather, whether it's dealing with COVID, uh, especially with COVID, we've told a lot of people's stories about losing loved ones or the trials and tribulations people might have gone through due to effects uh, of the pandemic. But I think you always try to, you're putting, you're telling somebody else's story and you want to do the best job you can with that. And sometimes it's, you know, checking your own emotions at the door and saying, I'm going to tell this person's story the best way I can. Um, and then at the end of the day, when you see the story and you see it all come together and you realize you've done a good job with it, uh, I think that's a really good feeling. But it can be really challenging, especially when you're dealing with devastating losses or tragedy um, and you're trying to wrap your mind around it yourself. Um, but then you're realizing that there's either someone's lives at stake to or lives that are affected by it. So I think that helps when you it's your goal to make sure you're telling the story the right way. Keelan, talk about some of the stories that you've covered. What was kind of the most surprising or, or kind of went the, the, a different way from where you thought it might go? Um, mm, that's a good question. Because I know even though I haven't spent a lot of time here, there's already so many stories I've already done that it's kind of hard to think back on which one. Um, let's see, let's see. What can I say now? Um, I'm have sorry, you, I cannot have, think about. Well, have you right have now. you been kind of overwhelmed by the the amount of weather stories that y'all have to do? That <laughs> I can say. Oh, that right there, it's like as soon as any type of inclement weather comes around, it's like, oh, I already know, I'm going to be assigned to it. Yeah. So it's like. Which I don't, I do not mind. I'm not complaining about it or anything like that at all. I love the weather stories. Like snow is very slowly, but surely starting to grow on me. Okay. So like whenever I, we have like these big snowstorms and I have to go out and be like, you know, waist deep in snow and stuff like that is, it's exciting, but at the same time, it's also kind of scary too. So I, I really enjoy it though. I really do enjoy it. Adam, I understand that sometimes it's all about um, reporters pitching stories. Hey, I got a lead on this, or I got a buddy doing that. Does that is that how it still works in the newsroom, or is this kind of a top-down thing when you're picking stories? No, we have meetings every day, morning at two in the morning. I get two, one in the afternoon for the night side that we have. And you got to remember, this is where we live. This is our community. We all, if you're from here for years and years and years, or you're fresh coming into here, what affects you in your life? What affects you in Erie? Those are the stories that affects everyone else here in Erie. So that's what we do. Everybody pitches every day. You know, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. This is what's weighing on my mind. We sit here, we talk them out, and then we go with the best stories that affect the most amount of people. Obviously, weather is one of the biggest things we ever do because it affects everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're already in the works. We're heading towards a storm, and everything else tomorrow will be all in on weather and making sure people are safe. So... That's, that's what we do. So whatever's first on top of your mind and we can make it right, we can do that. All right, we're going to do a one-minute pitch meeting here right now, live <laughs> on Facebook and on the Joel Natale Show. So, Ethan, go. What, what's a story that's come about that you would love to, love to kind of dig in on? 
Sure. Um, I'm not going to use weather because that's obvious. Yeah. Uh, but I think inflation right now, it's, it just affects everybody. And Erie is an economically depressed area. Uh, we have the poorest zip code in America, two steps from our station here. Inflation absolutely hammers you when you're living paycheck to paycheck. And so anything related to that, be it the cost of groceries, the cost of heating bills, the cost of electric, Right now, you're just getting hit six ways to Sunday, and, and it really, really is taking a bite out of pretty much everybody in the region. So we've got, we've got inflation. Elspeth, how about you? Uh, I think something we've all experienced one way or another is burnout from COVID or frustration with COVID. Uh, I know something that talking to family members or friends, uh, just when will this end and trying to come back different ways. Um, obviously, we have our vaccines. We have our boosters. That's shown that gives us light that it's neat. The end is near, but then we're seeing different variants come out. And how do you combat and how do you kind of get over those little hurdles of when will this end? I'm loving this. Keelan, come on, make me a pitch I'm kind of like on the piggyback of Elspeth's now. As Miles is dealing with COVID-19 as well, too, I just really want to know, basically, the people that are so against um, vaccines, mm. what is their main reason behind vaccines? I know a lot of people say, like, you know, it came out too quick, it's not enough research. But I want to know, from my perspective, if you actually took the time to dig deep into the research, would you consider accepting the vaccine? Isn't it amazing, too, that it doesn't, I mean, I know they say it's all this Republicans that don't want the vaccine, but there's a lot of reluctance within the inner city and different neighborhoods. It's 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 across the board. All right, we'll go to this. We'll go to the senior reporter here, Lisa Adams. Say, give make us our pitch. All right, before I pitch, I'm going to say that Chief Nursing Officer Jim Donnelly is on the Insider this weekend <laughs> talking about many of these things. Um, I mean, he really was pretty emotional talking about the nurses, and even if there's hospital staff that doesn't want to get vaccinated, how hard that is for him to see what he thinks about that. He's pretty emotional uh, on a number of things he said today, so tune in this weekend. Um, but my pitch is about the vaccine approval for the teeny tiny babies here. I mean, there have been parents who were reluctant to do it with young children. So I really wonder what moms are going to think about the youngest babies. Obviously, by the time it's approved, it will have been tested and tested and tested to make sure that it's safe. But how do you test it on babies? And how do you reach the conclusion about the right dose? And, you know, so I'd like to hear from some moms, expectant moms or people with little babies. Are they going to do it? Do they think it's the right thing to do? We're going to have to leave it there. Thank you for your pitches. Adam, you heard them all. Then you go do your job, right? So yep, absolutely. That's, that's tremendous. I want to thank Elspeth Meisner, Ethan Kibbe, Lisa Adams, Keelan Berry, and Adam Snow. We appreciate you guys so, so much. And uh, keep, keep um, making it happen on the streets of Erie. Really appreciate it. Thank Thanks you so much. much. Oh, You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com.